welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. Kalfa Seymour is the National Channel Manager, Industrial Control Division, where she's responsible for developing and executing distribution channel partner sales and marketing strategic initiatives, including programs to cultivate sales growth and increase profitability. She's originally from Canada and has held positions managing new product development, including a role as a cross-functional project leader for Eaton's $1.5 billion commercial vehicle product line. Prior to joining Eaton, Kalfa leveraged her leadership skills in operations and consulting positions for institutions of higher education and professional sports, including the National Football League and the United States Military Academy, West Point. She is a former elite track and field athlete, classically trained pianist with French as a second language, and currently serves on the AthLife Foundation Board of Directors and the advisory board of the Fox Foundation. I am so excited to have Kaltha Seymour here with me today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you today as well. So I am really interested, and I usually start out asking people a little bit about their background, and I think you have an interesting one, because I don't think I have talked to anyone from Canada yet. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today and and what that journey looked like. Wow. Loaded question right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Right? Again, you know, I appreciate the perception that you have for my leadership value, you know, for the today. And, you know, my bio, as you mentioned, a lot of different things in there. But I, I wanted to talk maybe a little bit about who I am before coming to Eaton and working for an American company. So maybe just paint a small portrait, if you will, of, you know, my leadership experience and kind of the record that I have of just uh, the passion I have for IND uh, that has kind of run through all my experiences. And, and, you know, championing and creating lasting impact through IND innovations is, is a passion of mine. So, you know, I started as a professional athlete kind of kind of up after college. I came to the U.S. for university and experienced so many, you know, great victories. And as you can imagine, <laughs> very humbling defeats, which really developed a resilience for me, right? And that set me up for success for really everything else I would go on to do. And so it gave me confidence to begin um, actually one of three entrepreneurial ventures which over the years that taught me to, you know, creating value, delivering results and, you know, continuously improving all the elements of, you know, the work that I'm doing. And at that time, it was, you know, the business venture. So, you know, I got to learn how to uphold the highest possible moral responsibility, right? Servicing your customers. Then I had an opportunity to teach at West Point and, and there, you know, preparing cadets at the United States Military Academy, uh, the staff that I had there, we, we had an opportunity to do for the institution what had never really been done before. And that was to truly diversify, you know, the classes and give the country a generation of leaders possessing like very deeply rooted respect for common strength from very different people. So that was kind of the West Point. And then 
in the mix there was also six years of working for the National Football League, right? And even there, my role was to deny the mission um, to really ensure the life success of people who had been told, you know, they had no chance because something about them was different. Recently, I got an MBA about four years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm a nerd, so my third degree, and, and I had a chance to manage a center of excellence and help women and men break boundaries there, right? There's so many stereotypes that are out there about us, um, how we look like, what our gender is, and what our beliefs are. And so, you know, uh, it was an opportunity to help move past the status quo, you know, to find excellence unrealized in, in the people that we get to work with every day. And in doing that, you know, just bringing great value to identities and to do anything you really set your mind to. So it's been fun to see kind of IMD weaves throughout all the roles that I've had that haven't been IMD specific. And now at Eaton, you know, my passion and commitment to IMD has continued through actively recruiting, you know, talent and getting to consistently engage with our IERGs. Um, I actually recently led a, a live division-wide race and equality panel with one of our divisions. And um, it's just been fun to continue that to where I am today. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, you know, from my perspective, of course, diverse, I mean, well, I'll call it inclusion and diversity is really everywhere, right? So from when we start talking about integrating it into, you know, everything that you do, I know specifically Eaton has been kind of a great proponent of inclusion and diversity. So maybe we could start off with you telling us a little bit about Eaton first. And then maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the things that you all are doing, you know, certainly aside from the panel and some of the things you're doing that's, that just kind of is embedded in, in who the culture and the company is. Yeah, another great question. So even just as a company, right, our mission is to improve the quality of life and the environment through the use of power management technologies and services. So we provide sustainable solutions that help our customers effectively manage electrical, hydraulic, and mechanical power and in a safe way and an efficient way and also very reliably. So uh, we're, we're a large corporation. I like to say Eaton's like the undercover Fortune 500 company you've never heard about because our revenues were almost $22 billion last year. And we're in over 175 countries with over 90,000 employees. So a very neat company that I had the privilege to get exposed to um, kind of as I was finishing up my MBA. And, you know, one of the things that that was really exciting for me to work for a company like Eaton is the commitment to diverse work experiences and diversity of thought. I was brought into the company through their global leadership development program uh, for MBA graduates. I was one of six uh, from the class of 2018 coming in in 16. And um, it provided an opportunity to work in two different divisions of the company for one year, right? And so when you're coming somewhere for one year, you're an individual contributor, you're leading without influence, you've got to get, you got to get work done. And I think if it wasn't a culture where diverse experiences and the inclusiveness of working well with the people that you have on your team, it'd probably be hard, right, to have results in a year. And so I even really surprised myself in the couple of years of that program because I was just overly astonished at how well IND is woven all through the DNA of the company, right? From the person that's welding some of our products up into our CEO. You know, there's a strong commitment. And that commitment really is around the aspirational goal that 
E10 has to be a model of inclusion and diversity in our industry. And, you know, as we aspire to do that, you know, um, it's from the way we welcome people to the table. You know, we include people by listening to what they have to offer. And we've created an environment where all employees have an opportunity to be their best. And what I love about Eaton is that when I come to work every day, I can be my whole self. I don't have to be somebody else. I don't have to change the way my thought process is. Um, I don't have to hide any interest that maybe I have that I'm worried that may not be accepted. It is a place where you really can bring your whole self to work. So I, again, I just am so blessed to work for a company that sees our performance and our standards essential to you know our inclusion and diversity commitment. That's fantastic. I mean, I love that quote, you know, you can you can really bring your whole self because I think in a lot of cases, you know, we try to fit in and make sure that, you know, we can be successful and that success sometimes, you know, kind of causes you to have to do things that maybe you don't feel is as authentic as you would like to be. So, and I know you you all are also doing some things with like talent acquisition and and some of those things. Are there specific things that you have done or that the company is doing to kind of set the stage in terms of those best practices, things that you have found beneficial? Yeah, that's, you know, in thinking of how we're involved, right? Like our resources to support, you know, IND and how we're committed to having a next generation of employees that will be more diverse. I guess I'd start uh, answering that question by um, a statistic that I came across last year. And it said that, you know, um, I think 1960, about 13% of the population was non-white. And now they're saying in the early 2040s, right? So 20 years from now, 50% of the population is going to be non-white. So when we think about that, it's like, how are we preparing for that? And what I've seen is how Eaton has integrated when you talk about talent acquisition. I mentioned, you know, one of the things that I do in my role is I, I, I actually have a goal to recruit and help recruit diversified talent and not only culturally, but experiences, right? I work for a company that's very heavy engineering based. I'm not an engineer, but the company saw the different experiences I had with different organizations as value add. And so I've made a commitment to help in recruiting every year. And I'm not an HR person. And sometimes people think I, I am the HR person. But because Eaton's done such a great job of weaving the thought of, of building our next generation, we're always thinking ahead, right? So I, as you mentioned in my bio, you know, I'm the national channel manager. I work with our distribution channel partners nationally and in our product line of industrial control, right? Mm -hmm. But in the fall, every year, I will spend three or four days out on campuses like Georgia Tech and uh, Michigan State and Iowa State and University of Wisconsin-Madison looking at that next generation, right? That commitment. And, you know, we're a global company, right? So our competitive market consistently is shifting. And that's also going to shift the mix of talent. So we have to hire different people today than we are, right? Like I'm talking about back in the 1960s, but we talk 20 years from now, we, we, we need a difference, right? And, but in doing that, we have to cultivate that within our own employee network as well. So I like that, you know, you, you feel called to be a part of that because you want to see the company grow and, and grow in the way of uh, the diversity that we're going to see kind of moving forward. And, and we do see um, diverse talent, diverse talent as a competitive edge. So mm -hmm. with that, 
you know, within the company, like many companies are now adopting, are these resource groups, right? So we have resources supporting IND from our women's group, our military group, our group for Asia, we have a group for Hispanics and Latinos, LGBT, we even have Enable for disabilities. And so it's not so much groups that you can just come and be a part of with the people that maybe look like you or have the same interests as you, but it's bigger than that, right? How do we become allies to each other? How do we become supportive of understanding different cultures so that as we recruit uh, that talent, we will also retain that talent. Yeah. And retention is a big deal because I think it's, you know, we've had a lot of companies stand up, especially over the last six to eight months that really want to get involved with acquiring and retaining talent, especially for people of color. I think in many cases, uh, we may be talking African-American versus you know, Latin or, but what's interesting to me is a lot of times we think about talent acquisition coming from external. And yet we have all these people that likely are already working for us that we forget to really look and figure out how do we sponsor them? How do we advocate for them? And how do we bring them up through the, the company Um, And I think on one of my previous podcasts, Monique Nelson mentioned kind of this frozen middle where, you know, you have people trying to get up and you have, you know, the executives trying to drive things down. But there's this kind of frozen middle that you have to get past to figure out how to retain folks and, and how do you deal with some of that within the company. So. I mean, for 90,000 employees at Eaton, which is an amazing (laughs) number of employees, you know, are there specific things that you all do from, I mean, do the ERGs participate in, I would imagine, helping to retain those employees or are there other best practices you you have found? Yeah, but, you know, when you think about internal, right, um, acquisition, right, internal advancement of your employees, um, I've seen that modeled really well within Eaton. Um, and like what you mentioned about Monique, and I, I can't listen to her podcast as well. And in that, in that middle group, that, that's a group that's really primed to move into um, different roles, not only from a leadership standpoint, but a company like Eaton, we have, some, we have different divisions, right? We've got our electrical sector, we have our industrial sector. And on the industrial side, we've got aerospace and our vehicle group, we actually have a filtration system. We even have 85% of the market share in golf pride, right? Which are golf grips, right? So there, within our company, we have um, a lot of different areas that you can move to. And the company embraces that, right? Somebody might think, well, I'm in the electrical sector. This is where I've worked my entire career. This is where I need to stay. This is where my experience is. But again, Eaton values diversity of experiences, right? So it is valued that after two years you've been in a role that you should be considering what are the next things that you'd like to do? You know, um, our managers, management, you know, that's an open conversation that is very highly encouraged twice a year. Uh, we have a system about evaluation that we work with our managers to talk about our goals. And we have different pillars, you know, of excellence at each and, you know, everything from, you know, being a, you know, being a learner, being accountable, uh, having the opportunity to be transparent, efficient um, in our work, and and how you achieve those is by having different experiences. So it's nice to know that our company, uh, as when you think about moving up or you know laterally or wherever you'd like to move, you don't necessarily have to think externally. 
you can think internally because it is cultivated to get those experiences. And so when we look at the, you know, the IERGs and how do they play a part of that? And I think because we have these inclusion resource groups and they're not just there as, you know, we're reaching certain numbers or trying to reach these, you know, cultural diversity goals or, or race and ethnicity goals from a hiring standpoint, right? But it's more of, again, diversity of experiences. And when you, when you bring those experiences, you get a lot of different people. So I have found in the four and a half years that I've been with the company, this continues just to get better, right? Where you feel uh, a lot more supported, um, not only by knowing that you have groups that you can talk to about different experiences, but we have functional ERGs, right? If you want to learn more about sales and marketing, you want to learn more about operations, you want to hear about what quality is doing, uh, what, what's the aftermarket opportunity. We have those resources as well where you can build those skills. One of uh, my first year supervisor in the company, he worked with a group and piloted a program within Eaton where you can actually uh, as a manager, you could submit a project. Let's say you'd like to have some data analysis around how our customers are uh, experiencing a certain product, right? You can put a team together and they could be as anybody from all over the company working together on a project in their spare time, right? Or And a lot of times you're putting this extra time in, but you have the opportunity to work on something completely out of your regular job scope and get additional experience. I actually participated in three of these projects in my first two years. And one of the projects I got to work on was for uh, the one of our former COOs of the company, who has now gone on and she's gone on to a CEO role. Um, but we have some uh, business practices and processes that we follow, and she wanted that updated. And I was on a team of four. I was the only native English speaker. I was with somebody from Brazil, Hungary, and India, and the four of us worked together. And what was interesting about that experience is that you had to work on t- different time zones, uh, the language barrier, uh, how different countries are operating. So it just gave you this global experience in an area that you're not familiar with, right? So yes. um, these are the types of things that Eaton has put in place to allow their internal staff to grow their skills. That's awesome. I love the fact that functional ERGs, because I think a lot of times we do only think of, you know, the Black, Latinx, dis- differently abled you know, LGBT resource groups. But we don't we don't actually think about some of those functional components where you can actually build those skills, which is which is amazing. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. I know you also mentioned that, and I want to say that you had told me that it was kind of after all of the heightened social injustice um, components that you all created a a panel of um, leadership to speak to your employees. What was that experience like? Because I think I know in a lot of cases, there were a lot of people just giving space for people to talk about their experiences. But it sounds like you all even did something maybe even a little little different. Yeah, yeah, different for sure. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because, you know, our, our leadership, our CEO, you know, all our leaders did an outstanding job when everything, when that civil unrest was really starting and the racial inequality conversations and 
you know, are, we just have an outstanding leadership team and, and they, you know, send us out a great message so we can understand, you know, understand, you know, where, where do we stand as a company and how do we continue to support each other, support our customers, support our stakeholders, right? Because that's very, very important to our business. And, and it was great to have that. My, a couple colleagues and I who are, I'm one of our IARG leaders, and there's four of us in, within my division who came together. And ironically, we're all non-American. So Canadian, Turkey, India, and Zimbabwe. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we got together and we said, you know, we should put something together for just our division. So we could kind of hear from our leaders. Um, on how they would like us to have conversations, you know, with our customers, with our colleagues, you know, what's the mission and the vision that we're really putting forward from our division? We know company-wide, we absolutely understand that because those are the standards of expectation that we set and the standards of excellence, but what do we want to do as a division? And so, you know, we hosted this panel, I was able to moderate it, and we had the president of our division and a couple of our VPs, a couple of our GMs, uh, director of operations, and people from different backgrounds to talk about their experiences of either, you know, in living in the U.S. or coming to the U.S. And, and their just thought process around what has happened. Uh, we got as deep as people, different people's upbringings and, and some of the awakening of just what's been happening. And so, it was great to have a very transparent and candid conversation with our leaders that told personal stories to um, offering challenges to us. And, you know, I mentioned that statistic about, you know, by 2040, we've got our population, you know, 50% being non-white. And, and we know as a company how we're moving towards that, but what are we doing as a division? And, it's, you know, we have to go beyond the metrics. And this is where I am challenged as well um, within the work that I do and people I get to work with and some of the organizations I volunteer with and, and some of the boards that I sit on. But how do we go beyond the numbers? Because we can we can run our data about the women that we have, the LGBT people, uh, folks that, you know, that identify, uh, people that are disabled, people that are, you know, Latino background, and we can run the numbers. But we should really be challenging ourselves to dig a little bit deeper, right? Get even more transparent so we know where the gaps are. If we, and this is not just to eat, and this is really any organization and company, right? If you look at your attrition rates, right? And yep. if you look at everything from your salary bands, are you losing, you know, women in the lower salary bands? Are you losing women in the higher salary bands? Are you, you know, there's so much that we can look at, but we have to go a little bit deeper than just our race and gender numbers. And so um, it's been neat to kind of see through the cultivation of IND being in the DNA of the people that work at Eaton, you know, that's starting to get better. And our, but our division also said our president, you know, but we, he says we can improve. And we, he says we've made some great gains, but we have a long way to go. And it's nice to know that your division, your company is committed to the IND mission. It's not just a statement that's on a website, but we're actually doing the things to get there. So it's nice to be involved and to have those open conversations and to know you know, what are our goals and aspirations moving forward, especially knowing the statistics that we've been talking about over the last year and how are we going to get there and how do we continue to press on? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, just some great things going on at Eaton, which is fantastic because it's a company I will tell you that I hadn't heard of, but I will definitely be looking more towards these days. And I think what's interesting to me is that the backgrounds that you all have, you mentioned that Eaton touches, uh, I think, 175 countries with 90,000 employees. 
And the global nature of that really, I would imagine, really does allow for lots of diversity of thought and perspectives from all different areas, from, you know, markets to, you know, the different divisions that you're talking about and all of the skill sets. So it's interesting to me when you start talking about kind of your own background. I know you came from, you were born and raised in Canada, if I remember correctly, if that's right. Um, (laughs) And so I know there's also a, um, I think in a lot of cases when people see someone, they assume they fit in a particular box. And so my guess is, you know, that when people see you, they may make an assumption that you're American rather than Canadian. And, you know, kind of, I'm not sure if you've had any of those types of experiences and, you know, kind of how that has shaped you. Because I I think you're fairly well-traveled even prior to to being at Eaton, you were one of, uh, I think you're, you, you tended to travel a lot in your youth as well. Yes, travel. Wait, we should just stop the podcast and just talk about traveling. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feel like so many of my experiences have come from. Uh, but yes, I, I do enjoy traveling. I've actually been to 24 countries. So I'm hoping to be at 25 by next year. You know, COVID slowed us down a little bit with the international yes. travel, yes. But you know, and I think this is also my, you know, just my love for travel. My parents traveled this, you know, at a younger age, and but I've just always enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed different cultures. And probably because Canada is a country similar to, to America. I mean, the U.S. is the original melting pot, right? And and um, and Canada very similar. Uh, you know, we had a lot of different cultures that come into Canada, and even my parents, for example, who are originally from Jamaica, um, and and both uh, my mom was educated in England, and then my dad educated in Canada and they got married there and had my sisters and I. And, you know, so we have always grown up in a very kind of multicultural environment. And, and even in growing up in our, in the suburbs, you know, it was always uh, very mixed there just, you know, racially. I classically trained on the piano and studied at the Royal Conservatory of Music growing up and had a lot of different friends from Japan and China that, and Korea that were part of my, you know, my everyday training at the conservatory. And those became, you know, families and friends and play dates and things like that. So from a young age, I was always just exposed to different cultures um, and people through, you know, um, you know, church affiliation, ice skating, swimming, you know, all the different sports that we enjoy, you know, we ski and toboggan. And, and so, you know, it has really continued to kind of weave in my DNA, that whole DNI thought process, because life has kind of been that way and, and traveling and experiencing different cultures. Um, I will say, I have found for people who maybe haven't traveled as much or haven't been able, kind of been out of their own bubble or own space, sometimes it's hard to think that, um, let's just say, somebody that's uh, enjoying a certain food, right? They might be like, well, I just know that uh, this culture enjoys this food and everybody in that culture probably enjoys that food, you know? Um, or an activity. Uh, for example, there's not, you know, it's not a large population of um, Black people that but I love to ski. It's one of my favorite things to do. I grew up, I've been skiing since I was very young. But sometimes I'll say, oh, I'm surprised that you're skiing because, you know, historically not a lot of Black people ski. So sometimes it's, it's trying to help people to kind of get outside of the, the norm of 
what we think people are supposed to be or do or look like or what their experiences are supposed to, you know, where they should be, right? Yeah. And so I'm always trying to challenge people when we have conversations or if, if there's, you know, if it's a learning opportunity. I really truly think that, you know, the consequence is an ongoing responsibility and privilege. And it shouldn't be something that should be where we take offense, but we look at it as an opportunity to educate. Um, or sometimes, you know, I've had somebody say to me before, I didn't know that there was a lot of black people in Canada. I'm thinking, there's a lot of black people everywhere. <laughs> right? Yes, but indeed. of course, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't been exposed, right, to the different, you know, cultures and the different thought processes. And I think that's what's kind of neat about growing up internationally because you do have a little bit different perspective. That's what's cultivated, right? And encouraged and um, and you're around that. And and when you're not around that environment, you know what? You can put yourself in that environment. It's all about learning. I mean, I'm such a nerd. And and I think if I wasn't so curious, maybe I wouldn't have traveled to places like Estonia, where, so, you know, people wanted to touch my hair and touch my skin because they've only seen Black people on TV. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know? But that was, a I had an opportunity to be part of a learning and cultural experience. It wasn't offensive to me at all because I'm in an environment where, um, the people I was with had never seen a live black person, you know, and that's okay. Make it a learning experience, make it fun, you know. So I think there's a way for us to dis I'm, I'm a little bit of a disruptor. So, um, and I find when you disrupt, you get change, right? And you can Absolutely. move forward, you know, into yeah. the goals and, and, and the uh, initiatives that you want. Well, and I love that you talk about curiosity because I, you know, I talk about that a lot because I think we don't. I think sometimes when we get older, we grow up and we're not as curious. Like, it's like, eh, I don't care about that. But the more curious we get, the more information we get and the more intentional we can be about what we really want to be in, you know, as we live our life. And whether that shows up in terms of goals for a company or how you manage or, you know, how you're delivering services to customers, you know, all of those things kind of begin to come into play because your experience now becomes different because you're on kind of another level. So I love all these nuggets that you're giving us in terms of like, you know, not only the ability to be your own self, but really, you know, the creation of some functional ERGs, you know, going beyond the metrics, traveling and kind of utilizing some of those experiences to teach. Because I think a lot of times, especially, you know, when all the civil unrest kind of came to be, came to a head, I'll say, I'll say, you know, there was a lot of people that were just exhausted because, you know, there were people that felt like maybe they were just being awakened for the first time to understand the depths of what some of the things that go on. But, but now they were looking to, you know, kind of the, the, our group, um, I'll say, <laughs> to, to teach them about what the experiences was, which, you know, can be exhausting when you're constantly trying to, you know, deliver and live up to specific standards. Because, you know, you kind of carry uh, a bit of a, a burden, I think, you know, um, based on just the American culture. So it's interesting to have other perspectives because I think it, it kind of challenges us to, you know, kind of re-energize 
and really kind of utilize those opportunities to teach others teachable moments. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, you know, just, I, I'm a highly solutions oriented person, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that challenge of gaining hearts and minds, right? It, around, you know, for me, it's always a critical business system because, you know, that's my work every day. But I think it's also our challenge in the time that we're living in right now. You know, let's be solution oriented, let's find ways to continue educating, to continue bringing awareness and also helping to be open to different perspectives, right? Again, it, I just think it always comes down to perspective. And when we can really unite and celebrate and acknowledge and accept different perspectives, we're going to be able to reach whatever goals it is that we have, right? Again, it does come down to everybody uniting and, and having that willingness to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. That internet in, intentionality is so important. So I think when we, when we, you know, you all have been doing such wonderful things that I just appreciate the fact that you are willing to share some of these. Are you, are you seeing specific impacts in terms of how it's affecting the company as a whole that you could share or? Yeah. You know, what I really appreciated about this time is that it has opened up the door for more candid conversations, open and honest and transparent conversations. And I think one of the top reasons that we really wanted to host the panel that we did is because we we knew we wanted to hear from our own leaders and how they're experiencing. How are they talking to their children about this? How are they, you know, relating to their upbringing and now kind of being, you know, that awakening of, okay, this, this is a serious issue. This is something we, we do need to talk about. And we can't not talk about it at work. Um, I have some former colleagues who haven't felt comfortable to have those conversations with their supervisors, you know. Um, and it's been nice to know that we have, at least from our leadership standpoint within our division and our company, right, our C-suite executives are outstanding, but they have welcomed, they have embraced those conversations, right? And again, it goes back to the very first thing I said I love about this company that we can bring my whole self to, to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have to put that, we have to create that environment. Then people feel comfortable, right? Yeah. That they can be open and honest about what is happening. Um, I think for some people, you know, the reminder of, sometimes you don't want to be reminded every single day that there is a demographic of people that don't think that you're really worth much of anything, right? Or that you don't have value, but everybody has value. But we have to create the culture and cultivate the culture where that value can be exercised, it can be embraced, it can be accepted, um, but it can also just help with the solution mindset. Wow, that is phenomenal. I don't even know if I can say anything else. I think we just want to end on that note. So Kaltha Seymour, thank you so much for joining me. And I am so excited to have this conversation and looking forward to staying in touch. Absolutely. My pleasure, Melissa, and have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.